I didn't want a Halloween to go by without us talking. No, we have to do something. Yeah, I, I mean, it, like... Um, I am sitting... <coughs> the way I set up... Oh, bud. Sorry, that's just going to happen a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know what's wrong with me, but it's not COVID. I've had that. It feels different. Okay. That's good. This is just a normal sick. <laughs> this is just some other plague. Yeah. What do you fear most in the world? The possibility that love is not enough. It is happening again. Synesthesia, a movie podcast featuring Jason Mikhailich and Jim Hickox, begins now. Pull the string. doing i'm all right how how are you happy halloween happy halloween i'm good i'll be better when i'm full of candy though oh yeah although i heard you were giving out play-doh oh we usually give out we usually give out some play-doh like we have candy and play-doh and we offer the choice uh that's nice i mean i thought play-doh was a nice idea also yeah oh here's the thing most kids take (laughs) play-doh yeah because they have lots of candy, and then like, oh, whoa. Yeah. And then you're, and you're like, what color Play-Doh do you want? And they're like, purple. And you're like, yeah, here you go, bud. Here's a purple Play-Doh. Yeah. Which also means that um, I'll be even more full of candy. Because we have enough candy that if every kid wants candy, we can give them candy. But they won't. A lot of them will take Play-Doh, and then I'll eat all that candy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we haven't gotten any candy yet. <clears throat> because I don't trust us to not eat it all before Halloween. Yeah. So. yeah. Ours is all hidden. <laughs> did, you, did you, like, hide it and then give yourself blunt head trauma? Yeah, yeah, So yeah, that yeah. you wouldn't find it? Yeah. Which sort of works, because you, you just find the big dent in the wall, and you're like, it's near this somewhere. <laughs> Something happened here. Yeah. There was an event here, and it's probably candy-related. Um, well, I'm on the verge of death, and it seemed like a good time to catch up with you. Uh, you know. Yeah. My I'm, my voice, we should definitely record a podcast when my voice sounds like, uh, like a frog took a shit in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what the people come here for, Jason. Well, I figured we're, we're, uh, <clears throat> you know gonna we're, we're we're having a little halloween reunion here so one of us should sound like we are of the walking dead it's true yeah i clawed my way out of a grave to record this. just to record this which you know that's admirable admir, admirable ambition um how's your how's your season going i'm ready 
I'm writing a screenplay right now about a, a ship captain named Admirable. <laughs> Admirable. Admirable. <laughs> They're different words. I forgot they were different words. <laughs> the Admirable Admiral Admirable. Um, <laughs> How's my seasoning going? Is that what you asked? Yeah, Am I salty seasoned? enough? How seasoned are you today? <laughs> Pretty seasoned. Someday it'll cool off here in Texas, but for right now, <laughs> I'm a well-seasoned boy. <laughs> right, right now you just gotta add a little, uh, a little spice to that boil. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just settle down here with some potatoes and lemons and uh, sprinkle that old bay. <laughs> um, good. Is that the answer? I think I'm good. I, I think everything's good. I don't know. It's fine. I when I wake up in the morning right now. When I wake up before I put on my makeup <laughs> um i really i have no voice like every morning Whoa. i it's, it's <clears> gonna <throat> be worse tomorrow <laughs> oh yeah but i just wake up and and i'm you know already having to answer questions from my children like if i drink something warm it slowly shifts back to something like this so it's like you're full That's of good. crystals. Little yeah, little. I'm hoping to 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 keep this going all the way through uh, actual Halloween, so that I can just make spooky voices the whole yeah. time. Um, really freak out the. Do you guys get trick or treaters? Uh, we I don't think so. We never have. Yeah. Um, and we're not usually home. Oh, right, because anyway. you would be out trick or treating, presumably. That makes sense. Yeah, we 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 usually head over to a friend's neighborhood and. Trick or treat. I mean, by usually, I mean we did once, and then there was a pandemic. <laughs> oh, right, and then right. so then hopefully this year we'll do that again because right. Gus really wants to dress up like a spider. So oh. that's really sweet. yeah. He he's sick too. We had to take him in for a COVID test th- this morning, and he was talking to the doctor at the urgent care about how he was going to be an an orange and black black widow spider. Nice. <laughs> so I'm. I gotta in, get started on that. In some ways, that's scarier than a normal Black Widow, because you uh, wouldn't expect it to kill you. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, <laughs> this is this Black Widow is campy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to fear. Words and whispers. Is your is your apartment haunted? I mean, yeah, by uh, a three year old and a one year old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our our friend was taking care of Geyer today. Sure. And she was dropping him off, so I went downstairs to get him. Ed Gus demanded to come along, so he put on his rain boots over his pajamas and came <laughs> downstairs. Uh, and then he walked all the way to the end of the driveway, and then said. It's too cold. I'm going back. And just <laughs> ran back in the house. 
So then I, I get Geyer and I grab the bag and I finally make it back up the stairs <laughs> and I get to the landing right before our apartment and Gus's brain boots are just sitting on the landing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, there's boots. And Gus jumps out and goes, did I scare you? I left these <laughs> boots to scare you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's pretty scary, buddy. I didn't know what happened. Um, but yeah, so I, I was trying to think of what, cause I just didn't want, let, let a lot of time go by, but to let a Halloween go by, just, it yeah. couldn't be done. It couldn't no. be done. Um, that said, I didn't have time to like plan a movie <laughs> yeah, to watch right. or have a topic or anything, but I did, I was just wondering, like, I don't know. I just thought maybe we just talk about horror movies. I don't know. Do, do what we do and get like a absurdly, uh, absurdly, high altitude uh, <laughs> takes on things <laughs> like step way back and be like what is what does the word even mean man <laughs> like a horror yeah what, what is that a horror is that a noun is it is it gonna roar is this are you roaring in your movies now <laughs> i don't know we're gonna make less sense than usual but i don't know we talk about horror that's, movies that's also sort of a halloween tradition though right it's <laughs> it is yeah <laughs> it's Diving deep down a down a spiral, just like sliding, yeah. sliding straight yeah. to the bottom. We really just, get to the yeah. bottom of things, but when we say get to the bottom, <laughs> we don't mean we're getting we're really understanding. It just means we're you know. <clears throat> no, we just mean we're like turning up something and finding the like the grotesque, decaying, moldy yeah. underside the of slimy it, but bits. not to any purpose. Like no, there, there's no nutrition or information to be gleaned. No. It's it's just gross. Yeah. So honestly, if anyone listens to this, shame on you, friend. Yeah, my dad is watching Dune in the other room. The the new Dune. Yeah, which I I <clears throat> I told you I wanted to to do a bit where I pretended that uh, I watched that but thought it was the Eternals. Yeah, I like that bit. just kept looking for Kamal. Yeah. But I couldn't figure out how to actually, like, organically <laughs> create it or convey what was happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyone who but listened I, would I just be like, like he's it. in it. He's there. Yeah, no, I think it's yeah, a great Yeah, he's right bit. there. What, what happened? <laughs> I just watched The Eternals. There's just lots of worms. I mean, I don't actually know if there's any worms. Uh, the, I, I saw the first two minutes while I was setting him up to ice his back on the couch, and I was like, well, this is real dumb already. I'm oh, no. glad I'm not watching this. <laughs> uh, I bet it'll be slow and have a couple of pretty shots in it. I there guess. must be a it's, worm. How could there not be a worm? Very, I'm sure there's a worm. I'm sure there's... <laughs> uh, but, it, but it's probably like two and a half hours, yeah. and then they're like, look, and you see the, like beginning of a worm coming out uh, and it fades out and it's like next time on dune <laughs> uh, no i don't know i'm sure it's fine i'm enjoying I'm not, everybody sure uh that doesn't know dune on the internet finding out that there's a character named duncan idaho in it oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're like because what like, the hell kind of science fiction name is that <laughs> yeah and they're not wrong How much of Dead Men Walk did you get through? I watched 
about 20 minutes at about 70% attention. And then I skipped through and watched a few other parts at about 40% attention. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Was that a movie you watched with your dad? Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, last night or the night before. Actually, over multiple nights because I haven't sat through a movie like all on its own. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or a an adult movie. I've sat through Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory a lot of times. Okay, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I saw... Here's Jason. I saw someone saying that they're, first of all, making another Willy Wonka movie, uh, and it has Timothy Chalamet in it, and I saw someone referencing on the internet, they were like, haha, sexy Willy Wonka, which, first of all, Jason, implies that they don't think uh that uh gene um <laughs> i want to say gene hackman but that's definitely wrong uh <laughs> why can't i think of his name what's his name well it's a he's a little he's a little wilder than gene oh hackman. yeah <laughs> they, because they don't think gene wildman is sexy which is unequivocally wrong but also implies that they think they have better taste in men than gilda ratner and like you can gobble my shoelaces man <laughs> I won't stand for that. It's also, even on their own terms, like, a, a people's sexiest man alive has already played Willy Wonka since then. Oh, that's true. I didn't even... I forgot that that happened. <laughs> yeah. That Brad Pitt was Willy Wonka in the in the stage revival. <laughs> the the pits of uh, candy, they called it. The, 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 the deep chocolate pit. Yeah, I guess Timothy Chalamet is the guy who's gonna just be in everything for, like, for the rest of four our years, lives. and then, <laughs> well, no, I was thinking more. He'll probably be in everything for like four or five years, and then we will never hear about him again. Yeah, I, that's like probably true. Paying attention because eventually he'll like. You know how you like hit puberty and you you do puberty things, and then for a lot of men in their early twenties, they kind of like thicken up a little bit, like around the gullet. <laughs> he's gonna hit that, and then he's not gonna be like the world's favorite twink you know he's gonna be like a normal adult looking man uh and everyone's gonna be like why do we want to look at this guy or even just there's a shelf life on (laughs) even if he looks more or less the same like i don't know i i want to say that we've been through this cycle a bunch of times but sure by definition i can't remember the names of any of the previous people from the cycle so i have no proof here's the thing is that i think just because we live sort of uh next door to the cycle i don't it feels like it's been timothy chalamet all our lives you know what i mean just whoever the last guy was feels like it's the same guy (laughs) it has always been chalamet yeah I'm going to look at my notes. Jason, what, what, what do you think was the first about? thing in a movie that scared you, Jason? <laughs> That's a question <laughs> that I thought of earlier today that I meant to ask you. <laughs> um, horny vampires? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I knew when I wrote that that I wouldn't remember why I was writing that. <laughs> but then I did it anyway. It feels like a... Um, it feels like a Craig Wright Split Picks opener. To, to say horny vampires? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. To, uh, to ask what the first thing in a... You know, he always opens with a sort of, like, um, 
with like a key in that's like uh, some kind of I don't know. It's like he'll ask yeah. sort of like a broad movie question and then he'll have somewhere to go with <laughs> with it. Yeah, well I mean he's he's and a then, professional. And then I always like step all he's like uh, what's your favorite movie snack? And I'm like, mm, I like black beans and he's like, I wanted to talk about candy. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, sorry. Boston baked beans. I do like Boston baked beans. <clears throat> Fifty cents for a cardboard box of candy? Let me in, man. <laughs> Ding dong. <laughs> let me in that let me in that store. I remember being really confused when I was a kid because I watched a uh, a cartoon. Was it like a a little Audrey cartoon, maybe? Where she eats too much candy or wants a lot of candy. And then like bonks her head and has a dream where she goes to Candyland. Okay. And she's running around Candyland and everything's made of candy. But then for no reason I could understand, there was just a big pot of beans <laughs> labeled <laughs> Boston Baked Beans. That's funny. And I was just like, why are there baked beans in the Candyland? Because, the because they're made with molasses, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, come to think of it, I've, I'm, maybe I'm just making this up, but I think the cartoon might have had the Boston baked beans like overflow, which is actually and they kind were of actual a, beans. <laughs> well, no, it's just kind of a kind of a fucked up cartoon reference to the like molasses oh, yeah. disaster. That's true. They were like, haha, Remember when everyone in Boston died under molasses? <laughs> like a, <laughs> like like a, a 1950s dweebs? cartoon version of somebody doing a 9/11 joke on Adult Swim now or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was just in Little Audrey. Edgy, edgelord, little edgelord Audrey. You got the Tommy Ake Blues, the Tommy Ake Blues, the Tommy Ake Blues. You got the Tommy Ake Blues from eating all the candy you did. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm trying to bring our podcast up to professional snuff. I'm trying to yeah snuff it match up. the uh, <laughs> the 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 great example set by our our Lord and Master Craig Wright. And good luck. Um. Yeah, no, I couldn't. I was listening to your Split Picks episodes recently, as I told you. Yeah. And I, I'd listened to them before, but I was really struck. Like, Craig really does have, like, a, vo- like a radio voice. Yeah, he does. Like, he's, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. It was very soothing to listen to. I was. T- I, I went on a, on a short nature hike with Shane Fender the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah? And, uh, which was lovely. Uh, he was like, let's go birding. And I was like, okay. Uh, and... We were talking about split picks, uh, and and I was like, it's it's like a little intimidating because they're like, you know, Craig's like, all right, so we're going to do this director, uh, and then he and Bennett, the only two I've done have been with Bennett. He and Bennett go and just watch every movie by that director, you know. And I'm like, yeah. I watched three of them, and then I have to act <laughs> like I'm a, a reasonable adult, also, you know. But like, but like Bennett, I think loves doing that. I get that impression that he's like excited about watching a lot of movies, but Craig doesn't care about movies. <laughs> He's like a guy who loves music and wants to write about music and has been, like, unfortunately for him, roped into this world where every nerd he's working with is like, did you see the movie film? And he's like, (laughs) you know, and he, like, does his due diligence anyway and watches every movie by some terrible director that we want to talk about. Well, again, he's a professional. I know. It's just, it's very admirable. (laughs) And he's stuck in a world with us. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just slowly dragging him down into the... 
Yeah, I was I was trying to think of what we could talk about. Um, you know, besides just talking like we're talking right now. Sure, sure. And I was just trying to come up with any kind of questions that would lead us to talking about like what the hell do horror movies even mean to us? Sure. Like they're fun and we love them obviously and we never ever stop talking about them even when it's not Halloween. <laughs> Uh, even when we're like, next time, we're going to talk about like this issue in art and this concept and these great movies. We're like, bleh, bleh, Jason, Freddy. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I don't... Why do you watch them? I I know why I started. <laughs> yeah, you told know. that story on Split Picks. Did I? The, okay. Right? I think. I think that might have been what started me thinking about these questions because i knew we were going to talk oh you know what i, I th- hope we were going to talk and i started listening to what you had just been saying and it maybe made me start thinking about like how we started watching horror movies and what we even thought about them i think i think on split picks i told the story about my mom running the exorcist when i was sick right which is yeah. which is a real thing that happened but that didn't actually start me watching horror movies uh i might have said it did but i was lying if i did uh i because i I may have told you this before, and maybe I've said this in a synesthesia recording. It's hard to remember. Um, but I, I didn't care about movies in in a in like a nerd way uh, for most of most of my young life. Right? It wasn't really until undergrad. It was like it was kind of it was like Scott's class that made me be like, "Oh, movies are a real thing." Right? Yeah. Um, which I think was probably true of a lot of us. <laughs> um, <laughs> But before that, you know, I was like, eh, I just watched, you know, whatever there was, but I didn't like, I don't know. I, I didn't, there wasn't like a thing I was pursuing for my own eyeballs. Um, and then we watched, you know, it was, it was watching a bunch of like avant-garde, a bunch of experimental stuff where I was like, oh, these people are like trying things. They're not just being like, here's a guy and he's going to punch another guy. And then at the end, he'll kiss a lady. Um, they were like, <laughs> tr- they were like, what is the, this? Look at this rectangle. <laughs> What can I do with this rectangle? You know, uh, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, that's cool. That's like it's like painting and music all at the same time." Um, and then, you know, and then so that sort of that was a like an alchemical shift that happened in my brain. And then I was looking, you know, then you're watching movies and you're like, you don't quite get as much out of out of you know uh, the truth about cats and dogs once you've <laughs> once you've sort of found th- that other thing, you know. Um, And so I was looking for it and I realized that I could, I found that drive in, uh, in like B movies and genre films. Um, And so that's kind of what pulled me into it was that I was like, oh, I love, I, to quote the greatest man who ever lived, I love trash. Uh, (laughs) And I don't know. And yeah, so I just started deep diving and then, and then through that, I sort of fell in love with, with horror. But even now it's like horror that's too cleanly made i I couldn't give two nostrils on lend you know it's any like any movie it's like if if they're making it if it's like too slick i'm like cool uh yeah but but i think that i think that because genre films come from that or like really thrived off studio for a long time you know they come from the sort of like the b lots and the the like cheaper uh world there's just they had a lot of more um experimentation or 
people accommodating their own limitations, right? Which which yeah. is is a similar element to experimentation in some ways. <laughs> yeah. Um and so the the genre audience I think is a lot more accepting of of that sort of experimentalism and that sort of like looking for boundaries and things. Uh and and so because the audience is more accepting, there's just more space for it and I think more people have more room to play with it. That's I mean that's why I like to make horror movies, right? I mean I like I love a rubber monster. But the reason that I like to make genre films when I'm making films is because I can do weird stuff. And I think if I was making a straight drama and I tried to like put in a two minute monologue where someone's just talking straight at the camera and there's no other sound or whatever, uh, people would be like, this is this is not what I came here for, you know, but a genre <laughs> audience is there. They're like, cool, you did a weird thing. <laughs> it made me feel something. Yeah, well, I mean, genre has a... Um the benefit almost of having uh like if you get the basic requirements taken care of if you check the boxes that you have to check yeah then everything around it is i i want to say is less important in some ways but it's not that it's to me it's the most important thing sure but in terms of like you know i don't know in, in terms of having technically created the thing that you set out to purport, you supposedly set yeah. out to create, which is yeah. what people, I guess, care about in terms of, of being able to engage with something. Sure. Or like being able to sit down and go, you know, like if you made that drama with some, you know, strange stylistic elements, I, it would probably be, I, I would venture to say it would probably end up being a more, uh, like fully interesting piece of art maybe by the yeah. end of the day agreed <clears throat> but i mean you'd be like making a mark rapaport movie and yes. you wouldn't be making something that a large audience would necessarily or just uh, a a uh scattered audience would yeah. necessarily just start taking in right because it's there yeah absolutely so like you put a monster in a monster movie yeah. Well, then you made a monster movie. Yeah. Anything else you do, it's still a monster movie. So right. they're on, on like <clears throat> at that initial level of buy-in, you can get there. Yeah. But kind of like the, I don't know, like it's like a a band that has such a a simple and straightforward rhythm section. Yeah. That everybody else can start going off into the stratosphere because it's just holding it down. Yeah. Exactly. And it's it also. <laughs> It like horror has a long history of of just hitting those benchmarks. You know what I mean? Largely for financial reasons. There's a lot of horror movies yeah. where it'll be like you know the the, the stabbing monster from ben- beneath the well, uh, and it'll be like seventy four minutes of of like a dapper guy walking around an estate in black and white, and then a monster will pop out of the well and stab him, and you're like, we got what we came here for, you know, because that's all they could afford to do. Um, yeah, and so I think Which, it creates like a almost an accidental minimalism all on its own in yeah. some instances, right? Like there's this whole genre or subgenre of these things that are so bare bones, like you said, by almost by financial necessity that it, they become experiments in and of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Cause you're like, you're like, we can only afford two minutes of monster scream time. And the guy that we said is the star we only have for one day. Uh, so what do we put in the other 80 minutes of movie? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a, a, a segment in that movie. I made you watch part of, yeah. uh, dead men walk from 1943 that um <clears throat> i i made you watch it for totally other reasons uh because it reminded me of something else but there's this one segment right in the middle of it where there's just 
all that's happening plot wise is somebody's leaving one secret location and somebody else is seeing them leave it and going in and looking at it. Okay. And then the other person is coming back. But the way it's all shot is in this very um, sort of locked down and symmetrical way on a very limited set. Yeah. And so it becomes almost this abstraction of actors moving in spaces because like one person walks across the screen and then another person walks in at an angle and then another person walks at another angle and it's just like watching him like oh wow i could put this on a loop yeah and just have have an an experiment in in body motion yeah yeah yeah. um but yeah, it's a, it's a you know it's a poverty row film. They didn't have sure. money or time, yeah. so they're like, "All right, let's knock out seventeen shots that we need today with yeah. two people in one set." Like, right, which is great. Yeah, yeah. You're like, how can we shoot eight minutes of screen time in twelve minutes? <laughs> <coughs> Um, the what, reason what, I actually no, yeah go ahead. I was just going to ask what the reason was that you actually had me uh, watch watch that film. Oh well, aside hey Jason, from what just... was the reason? <laughs> <laughs> wait, let's get it clean. <laughs> I was going to wait until you started talking. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to cough as soon as you started talking. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we both did the same gag, hoist uh, by our own jokes. Do you know that hoist? by your own petard actually is a reference to farting what that's what the petard is Is somebody lifted up by their fart i love that hoist on your own petard i love that and and that's so Uh, it's like you would be like somebody else farted but because everyone saw you float up into the air because you farted so hard they're like we know you did it on your own petard you were hoist um I I somebody told me that and I'm just believing it. Yeah. Uh, because why I'm not would gonna you fact check ever that. try to destroy that. <laughs> no. That's beautiful. Um No, I uh I told you to watch that for a couple of reasons. One, it's the only movie I've seen in a long time <laughs> and I knew I'd probably bring it up. Um <clears throat> but uh first just the opening part where somebody just throws so a book good. called history of vampires into yeah. the fire and then a face appears and says just absolute nonsense for yeah. 30 seconds <laughs> like, uh, doesn't track at all you creatures of the light how can you say with absolute certainty what does or does not dwell within the limitless ocean of the night are the dark enshrouded legions of evil not Pigments of the imagination, because you and your puny conceit say they cannot exist. Whence came the story, told in frightened whispers down through the ages, of witch and warlock, werewolf and vampire, and all the spawn of hell, born on the sable wings of night, to the unholy communion of the witch's Sabbath. I watched that much of the movie, and I was like, I might have already seen everything Jason needed to see in this movie. Yeah, that was That's definitely the best. Such part. a bold move. There, it's like it's they're they're like everything you know about monsters in the fire. We're gonna yeah. make up our own rules. Who cares? Yeah, what and a, they kind of do. Delightful. It's like <laughs> the whole the whole story is, is there's two brothers, both played by George Zuko, and Prime. one of them 
has dedicated himself to a life of medicine and like being a good member of his community and the other one just fucked around with dark magic and witchcraft his whole life and he had just died at the beginning of it and then he instantly just comes back as a vampire because he was really into witchcraft it's like all right yeah sure that's why right why not Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um and there's a there's like a fun twist on the whole thing because there's uh like ornery townsfolk who start to think that um, the doctor is committing the murders, and then because oh, they it's look alike, yeah, they yeah. actually do start seeing like they'll see him biting somebody, and they'll be like, "Oh no, I saw him! He's he's gone crazy!" That's such a good um, comedy of errors to throw into your vampire movie. Yeah, it actually, it really. I mean, it's a short movie, and they don't waste yeah. any time, and they have a lot of little <laughs> twists there. But so I enjoyed that. Um, but one of the reasons I enjoyed it so much is because it was reminding me of this. Uh, just that idea of using the same actor for multiple roles in something, uh. um, but in like a in a non gimmicky way. Yeah, just like in a very straightforward manner. Because I feel like it's not done that often, um, and when it is done, it's usually like I don't know. Like I like adaptation and all, but it's oh, definitely yeah. you know it's, that's definitely that's a goofy a, movie. hey look what we're doing. Yeah, like, yeah. we're doing it this way. Um, yeah, and it. <clears throat> I, I had it on on my mind because I the one of the only other movies I've watched recently was for reasons passing my understanding. I actually watched uh, the Many Saints of Newark, a Soprano story that just okay. came out. All right. Um, even though I don't even like the Sopranos that much, <laughs> it's like that's one of those cultural products that I respect more than I actually enjoy it. Sure. Um. And I probably don't even respect it quite as much as people would want me to. Um, but, yeah, for, I don't know why. For some reason, I ended up watching it while I was doing other stuff. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not even judging. I'm just <laughs> a little confused. Um, especially because it was not very good. Sure. Um, but it had one really, really good joke. Yeah. That I, or at least I read it as a joke, and I, I feel pretty confident that it was done as a joke. Um <clears throat> but so the it's a gangster film uh and you don't need to know that much about what's happening but one of the characters in it the the <clears throat> the main character is this gangster and he has an old like really bellicose drunk violent gangster father played by Ray Liotta great and then pretty early in the film the main character just beats Ray Liotta to death okay All um right. in the, in the beginning of of actually one of the like long treading jokes in the film which is that this main gangster character who's like supposed to be tortured and like sort of maybe a good person somewhere in him or he wants to be uh and also everybody thinks he's like the coolest gangster but the only people he kills in the entire movie are family members that he gets mad at and accidentally beats to death wow um (laughs) so it's like that you know you don't do that by accident and it, right. i thought that was actually kind of funny yeah yeah no, um, that's good but but the one good one great moment is i don't know like halfway through the movie something like that i don't know the, he the the main character goes to visit his dad's brother in prison okay and they don't actually prep you uh that that's what he's doing you just see him at prison visiting somebody and then ray Liotta walks out oh that's really and funny. he's just staring at him <laughs> <laughs> in this like kind of alien way of looking at him like what's happening here well who is this and then the main character is just looking up at him and 
it, like they just hold on it for a you know a few <laughs> seconds where if you're at all paying attention you're just like what i what <laughs> is what <laughs> um which i thought was a great joke that's really nice um, and it's just, it's sort of like exactly the kind of thing I would want to do yeah. if I ever had the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just like throwing, you're like, ha, hey, you don't know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and your audience like is like, I don't, places... I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just hold on it for a few seconds, let them stare at each other. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Like, I saw that person's head caved in. Like, what, yeah. is this just suddenly not a realistic gangster <laughs> film? Is he yeah. <laughs> resurrecting him? This is where he respawns. It's actually based on a video game. Oh, yeah. 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 You have to return to the prison to start over. Yeah. Uh, did you, did you save my progress? <laughs> did you bring me, did you bring me my saves? Oh, man, I had really upgraded the pistol. I, I hope I can find another upgraded pistol. <laughs> um, yeah, but... I put so, so many gems in it. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie is not worth watching, except for the fact that I had to get through a lot of it just to get that moment. And yeah. that moment really was was pleasant. Yeah, that's good. Um, and that's a joke that you can't have out of context, you know, which is which is nice. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, like, I couldn't just, just jump into the movie like, and watch oh, that Ray scene. Oh, Ray Liotta's in this movie. Yeah. As opposed to, wait, Ray Liotta was in this movie. <laughs> Why is he still in this movie? Yeah. Um, also, does that mean... So, so, this kid's dad and uncle were twins, but also got matching plastic surgery? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it, they actually are... They're impressively scant with the information. Oh, that's good. Like, they never say twins. Oh, They never... Like talk about who's older or what, I, and they definitely when when he's playing the the dad who gets killed, he's got like a lot of extra uh, like poundage on him. Oh, okay, sure. And he just like he's this lecherous, uh, you know, glutton kind huh. of character. Okay. Uh, and then when you see Ray Liotta in the prison, he's like extremely lean oh, and just sort of like gaunt and looking at him, and so he'll like. But it makes him look even more like a ghost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I was really, really happy that I mean, the one good thing I thought they did is they didn't like lean into the metaphor of it right. or try to play it up as anything. They just had that moment, and then yeah. they were had like their own relationship going forward from that. That's really so. fun. I wonder. Do you think that they were? Do you think they were doing an Arrested Development riff? <laughs> <laughs> even think of that i hope so <laughs> i was gonna say the only other place i usually or i feel like i've seen that move that using an actor twice yeah is on television because you have so long to go oh, like, like with episodes like, you can bring people back sure like on law and order empires or whatever yeah so so you do it like incidentally sometimes yeah. and it doesn't really have an impact because you right like you could read in the like you're not remembering like oh that person is this person right but there, there's two times i can think of where it was really significant um one is twin peaks okay. uh where um uh laura palmer's cousin comes to town uh-huh. like halfway through one of the seasons and she's played by Jelly. oh right 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 um uh, but but it's funny. not the reason why it works and why it it uh or why it matters to me is that nobody really comments on it yeah 
they're not like oh you're the spitting image like right it's she's just there she, yeah she's um, just a cousin whatever yeah <laughs> and the other one is uh in deadwood which i don't okay. i expect you haven't i have watched. not um but i i should probably make you at some point okay um the pilot's directed by walter hill oh really uh, yeah. i'll watch it <laughs> yeah uh, and then he left because he's like, I like to have control over things. And David sure. Milch was like, No, <laughs> no, I'm I, I'm going to lie on the floor in a trailer <laughs> and dictate all of these like script monologues while people type around me. Um, I I recently heard I don't I haven't confirmed this. I heard that if you direct the pilot, then you get like EP credit and and just get paid out for the rest of the show. So Walter I Hill did, that. did play that the best he could have. If that's oh yeah, it's. absolutely. I mean, not having to work with Milch and then, yeah. yeah, but also bringing in all that. I mean, Deadwood isn't the biggest yeah. show to bring in all the money from. But, you know. <laughs> well, you know, they they came back for it a movie, well. so there's some 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 payoff. Um, but they they do this thing in there where in the first season there's the the character based on an actual historical uh, person, uh, Jack McCall, who kills the real person who actually shot Wild Bill Hickok. Oh, okay. Um, and they do that in the show. Sure. And it's this it's this big turning point for uh, the show because the whole show is about, like, a, you know, it, it's about a, a settlement that's about to become probably part of America officially. So it's a lawless place that law is coming to, sort of like. Sure. It's a place that people have gone specifically because there's no law. Right sort of like a you know libertarian paradise but there have because it's now being built up and being built up and more people are coming and there's more money at stake and more uh more community present they're having to sort of create civilization sure. in miniature sure uh, like all of the trappings of civilization are coming in so like that's a big big turning point because it's just this you know celebrity is murdered and they have to figure out well what are we going to do with them they're not actually there's no law are we going to have a trial etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's a, it's a big deal um, but that character just you know like disappears after a few other episodes. Like they they you know sure. dispatch with them. Um, but he's played by Garrett Dillahunt, uh, who's fantastic. Okay, and I I think I mean, Milch is the kind of guy who I'm I'm sure thought about it at on some level or at some point, but would probably just say like, oh, I really you know we liked Garrett, we wanted to bring him back, so they bring him back as another character. Okay. In the next season. <clears throat> but this character is completely fabricated and is like the how to describe it? I mean he's basically just like a he he's a um advanced agent for uh George Hurst. Okay. The like <clears throat> you know, gold uh the the gold mine uh mogul um you know, sort of the the he comes into the show as the kind of um, uh, icon of of growing capital. Sure. Uh, sort of like where where this whole project is headed um, is this sort of domination by these titans of finance. And so Garrett Dillahunt is playing his advance man, who's coming into the camp to like scout out things and set things up for Hearst's arrival to sort of just take over all the gold mines. Sure. But he's also a psychotic serial killer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> who, like, they make it clear that he has, he's, like, he's almost like a, 
I they're they're not actually making him like Jack the Ripper or anything, and they're sure, they're not sure, leaning sure. into it that like sensationally. But he definitely is like obsessed with uh, like certain prostitutes and ends up killing them. And it it's this whole other level that the show hasn't even dealt with before. And yeah. to have it be the repeat actor to come back and do that, yeah, who's also acting as sort of the um. Like I said, advanced man, the 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 harbinger of this yeah. giant force that's just going to come and devour everything. It's a very resonant choice. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, to, to, this this dual actor thing. The only times I can think of that it's been done in this this big of a way, but there's no commenting on it. Like it's you're not supposed to think like, oh, that's Jack McCall. Right. 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 Like it, they give every indication that they would assume you wouldn't even notice, but. Also, how could you not notice? Right. So, yeah, especially it's one season later. It's not like a show yeah. that ran for 15 seasons, and so it's eight seasons later, and he's a much older man. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's his, he's been disfigured in an accident. Between. <laughs> um, that was sort of Halloween-y. I was talking about a, a serial killer. Yeah. Murderers. That's what's more Halloween-y yeah. than murder. Yeah. Let's all have... That's... <clears throat> that's... Uh, the, the addition of serial killer to the uh the like goof 'em up ghosts and goblins <laughs> uh world of Halloween is really yeah. one of, one of the most striking shifts. It is weird. Ever. It is weird, right? Uh like, oh, there's a Dracula and a Frankenstein and Ted Bundy. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't I don't know. Yeah. You're like, you're like one of those has really killed a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know what your belief system is, but Draculas have killed zero people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, probably, probably a Dracula actor has killed somebody. A director, a director, a, dra- a director. Probably know. somebody got run over by a director. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> what happened to him? Oh, he got in front of the director. <laughs> Dracted, Dracted right over. Um, I the only other movie that I think of where they do that is Dead Ringers, and I can't remember. I don't. I feel like they don't hang a hat on it in Dead Ringers either. I feel like they're just like, yeah, it's two guys. They don't hang a hat on it, but like those guys are supposed to be twins, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so supposed to be completely kind of like, identical, right? Yeah. Which I guess I mean you know I'm I'm giving all this credit to uh, Dead Men Walking, <laughs> too. Which they're also they are also to be identical twins. And, yeah. But but there's something special about it where like they don't say they're identical twins. They're just oh, like really? oh his brother. Oh that's funny. And like his brother's played by and like they don't try to make them yeah. look alike. They're but they're the same actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there there's something about that like not commenting too much on it. Like sure. Dead Ringers, I adore Dead Ringers. Right. I'm never gonna but it's in the title. Speak ill of it. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's like the focus of the yeah, film yeah. and like you know watching Jeremy Irons perform against himself. Yeah. You know, they're doing all of the trick shots where they can be in the same shot together. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, no, uh <clears throat> it does seem like it would be well, I guess I was going to say it seems like it would be uh like fertile ground for some sort of horror treatment. Yeah. But I actually think that it would be it would be too tempting to really comment on it for most people. Let me pitch, let me pitch you Jason. Okay. It's like a 
It's it's the same. We're starting we're starting from the same basis as as Dead Man Walking, right? Where it's a Dracula movie, but like throw away everything you know about Draculas, because uh, <laughs> in this movie, uh, we we start with we can even have classic. You know, Dracula rolls in on a boat. Who cares? He could come in on a speedboat, right? And then he's uh, he's played by is Don Johnson still alive? He's played by Don Johnson. <laughs> Uh, just a speedboat full of rats, and he's just screaming, RATS! Yeah, as he pulls. Yeah. yeah, they come rushing off onto the dock, and everyone's like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, Don Johnson steps off, looking all dapper. And then everyone that he Draculas, after he Draculas them, is also played by Don Johnson. <laughs> but they continue living their normal life, right? People, people are just like, you feeling alright today? And they're like, yeah, I'm fine. And they're like, Okay. <laughs> I, this is yeah. This has this has legs. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Also, like, what a tour de force for for Don Johnson or whoever you know is alive and wants to play that role. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of a really great horror comic by Michael DeForge, who's this. I I don't know if you know him, but he's he's this terrific. I've definitely uh, read something by Michael DeForge. I mean, he, yeah, he's he's incredibly prolific and his stuff's all over the place. But um, there is a comic he did in his one man anthology, Lose. I don't remember the name of the comic, but the 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 uh, story was about this disease called Stace Face, <laughs> where just everyone and every living creature slowly developed the face of this one girl named Stacy. That's really good. Yeah, and he he, he just—it's this thing that's so absurd, but he develops it in this slow enough and sort of oblique enough way that it does end up feeling kind of terrifying by the end of it you're just like oh yeah what would it feel like to just walk into the woods and then a deer also has this face <laughs> it's like oh that oh that deer has stay's face that's really good this here this might be the only michael deforge i've ever read it's queen it's in uh, best american comics anthology <laughs> oh sweet yeah, yeah. real gnarly yeah he's a he's a crazy dude I really only showed you that because I was proud of myself for finding it so fast. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I saw you looking around the desk. I was like, oh, boy, is he going to do it? <laughs> is he going to do it? Horny vampires. I wrote down horny vampires, and I don't know why. I mean... I mean, vampires are always horny, so always I must horny. have been thinking that there was specifically something else yeah. to say about it. Yeah. Because it's not just it like, oh, yeah, they're horny. Of like, vamp- yeah, that's... Vampiroticism. Let me pitch yeah. you on something, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching... I watched a different vampire movie this afternoon, because uh, my class is supposed to watch it this week. Uh, Ganja and Hess. Um, oh yeah I'd only seen one time before and it was a couple years ago so I was like I need to rewatch this Um, I I rewatch all my classes movies but this one in particular I it was a last last minute substitution for Sweet Sweet Back because Sweet Sweet Back disappeared from Canopy none of that matters Um, (laughs) what matters is I was watching a vampire movie and my I tried to go for I don't know what the vampirism I guess Uh, I was aiming for that in my head in a sentence I was forming just to myself uh, and my brain scooted right on past vampirism and landed on vampiracy. And then I was like, oh, vampirates. Yeah. How how much money can we get for that? <laughs> <laughs> the wages of vampiracy? Yeah. 
yeah. right? They're vampire pirates. They roll into town. They they roll into town on a boat just like any other vampire. Uh, yeah, but they're all pirates. I mean, and vampires. They're both. <laughs> yeah, they, we should be able to do something with that, right? Water vampires. Are there water vampires? Uh, I don't. Traditionally, one of the traditionally, I think you could submerge a vampire in water to kill it. Oh, right, that's true. I think it has to be flowing water, though, right? Like a stream. Does the ocean count? <sighs> that might be. It's been. Jim, I mean, it's been a long time since I was nine years old reading <laughs> cover to cover the vampire encyclopedia. <laughs> but that's good, with though. the full intention of becoming a vampire, like, tracker. Oh, sure. Uh, you know. I'm sorry that didn't pan out for you. Well, yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah there's still time. Yeah. Um, Jason, that's even better, because if they fall off the boat into the ocean, they, they, they go to Davy Jones' blood locker davy jones blood bank <laughs> they just fizzle up into into salty nothing it's scary it's scary it, to be a vampire it's a dangerous has life anybody done somebody must have done this joke at some point where pirates no where a pirate like walks the plank and goes underwater and then like everything goes dark and they wake up and they're in a room that smells like really fresh clean plastic and leather and somebody's in a referee's outfit in front of them and they're like welcome to davy jones's footlocker uh if nobody has we should pitch it to footlocker as a halloween time commercial because <laughs> then the, pi- then, then the pirate now, gets go. like a pair of like uh air jordans or something and they like jump back up onto the boat right and then they're <laughs> yeah, like yeah and right, dunk out, in the out. crow's nest yeah exactly and the other pirates are all like whoa i'm so sorry we tried to kill you <laughs> we're all going to davy jones's footlocker everybody's like yeah, jumping they'll, over the side they'll jump off yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a good ad it in 1998 <laughs> Uh, how was there? I well, I was about to ask you a question, and then I realized it was a. <laughs> I was about to ask you how old you were uh, when you almost forty s- still believed in something like vampires or like thought they could be out there. But then I remembered that you are almost a pretty 40. devout cryptozoologist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that question doesn't work. <laughs> Why would you um, stop believing in, in real actual things that are out there? <laughs> real actual things that definitely exist. When did you stop believing in this? How about elk? Um, when did you stop believing in elks, Jason? <laughs> I mean, I've never seen one. <laughs> when was the last time you believed in a seahorse? <laughs> you jerk. Um, no, I definitely vividly remember being like, I said eight or nine and like looking out into the darkness in a car and being like, there's probably vampires out there. Like, that's probably a thing. Yeah. It's really out there. And I I am... I'm not like a, a diehard skeptic on everything. I, <laughs> I, I, I leave a lot of space for uh, all the stuff that I couldn't possibly know or understand. Sure, yeah, but of course. I, I don't actually believe that there's vampires. Sure. Like, you know... Well, that's... Yeah, other, I, other things that, you know, are, are more... Uh, flexible sure. <laughs> in terms of what could be out there. I was never, I never 
I, did, I didn't do a lot of horror when I was young because I had a very overactive imagination and I would wet my bed. Uh, those are separately. I just would also wet my bed. Um, <laughs> but I, I, so I didn't, I don't know. I don't know if it was just that I didn't have a lot of contact with things such as vampire, uh, but I never really believed that movie monsters were real monsters. I did believe... You know, I thought there was, like, an ominous presence around the compost bin in the backyard. Uh, but yeah. I I didn't, like, think that there might be a Frankenstein out there. You know, I there was never... I also... I mean, I, I like, <laughs> played Dungeons and & Dragons and stuff. You know what I mean? And, and so I think yeah. I just... I was like, these are monsters that are in a game. These are, like, fun things that are in media. Um, the things that are in the real world are much, much scarier. <laughs> You know? I mean that is true. Which is well, it's true in a much more uh, tragic way as an adult, right? But yeah. it's, I, I just thought that you know, I was. I think I, having never read anything about cosmic horror, I think in my head what scared me was a child's uh, innate version of cosmic horror. You know what I mean? There's just like yeah, yeah. Well, un- I mean, just like undefined the dark anything out there, right? Yeah. Yeah, like the dark basement stairs. What yes, is exactly. that? You know, yeah. and and I'm not saying that I always, when I was a kid, had a like a clear idea of like, oh, there's no, probably a wolf works. man behind the boiler. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> like most of my fears were much more amorphous, like that. But I yeah. definitely like there was a time when I was like, all right, vampires are probably real. Yeah. I mean, they're I well documented. Everything I need to know what, <laughs> to know yeah. about them, so I can figure out like how I'm gonna find them. Yeah, um, I mean, when you're nine, vampires are are as uh, as like uh, represented in in your media consumption, and as likely as dinosaurs or uh, or like people you haven't met. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, yeah, like a, a, a guy who lives in a cabin on a mountain. That sounds fake. As, <laughs> yeah, mu- right. as much as a vampire does. Yeah, yeah. I don't uh, know. Portugal, where's that? Yeah, what is it even? <laughs> um, yeah, when you when you're young enough that you don't know the difference between the the pretend like foreign countries and the real ones. Yeah, yeah, I still get fooled by that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I know you you've said that you you didn't watch uh, horror movies much as a kid or monster movies much as a kid because you had that like you would be genuinely frightened of them. Yeah, 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 um, and. That's one of the things I always wonder about horror movies is, like, I know people who can't watch a lot of stuff yeah. that I do watch because it's just <laughs> too much. Yeah. You know, as I know you do, too. Like, they, they just, you know, whenever I've had, you know, I, I like to have horror movie parties and Halloween, you know, watch marathons, and there's always the friends of mine who I let them know it's happening, yeah, and they're all, yeah. and, but I know they don't want to do that yeah they uh, just because it something about it will just upset them too much yeah <clears throat> and i wonder about that because i mean part of the appeal of a horror movie traditionally is always supposed to have been that people that, want to get scared yeah, yeah, right? yeah like you're like oh i want to watch this thing that's gonna scare me but then how much does it really if you're actually enjoying the film how much does it actually scare you right because all of the people who don't want to watch those seem much more genuinely <laughs> scared yeah yeah, yeah. So like, I, I wouldn't say that I like horror because I like to get scared. Yeah. And in fact, like when I do encounter something that I mean, I, I don't really get scared by any movies in yeah. that way anymore. Yeah. But I do find Same. some things like upsetting. 
Yes. And I don't particularly like watching movies that just upset or disgust me. Yeah, same. Um, so in that sense, like, there's other people who would have a way higher tolerance for a lot of different horror films than I would. Yeah. Um, but as I... But I don't think they're watching it because they enjoy being upset. I think they're just yeah. enjoying that content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. And I, and I think also there's some... I think some people get some joy out of being like, I can watch this thing that would be upsetting to other people, right? There's like certainly a, like an outer fringe of like, I don't know, the like guinea pig films or like things that are just like someone dissecting another alive human and that's the whole movie or like... There's this movie, I don't even want to say what it is because I, it was recommended to me and I watched it and I was like, oh, but it's like just uh, like a woman who's a prostitute and then a trucker picks her up and then it, he just has her in the back of a truck and tortures her for however long the movie is. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't, yeah. I don't get, you know, I, I feel like the joy people are getting out of that is being like oh, this is so upsetting, I bet other people would not want to watch this. You know what I mean? I feel like that has to be part of it. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. just as a sensory experience, it's not nice. Yeah, yeah. No, And then, like I've sat through films that genuinely upset me before and been glad that I did, but it's because the film was... It was going towards something else. Like, it sure. wasn't just for its own sake. And I'm not yeah, judging yeah. people who want to... Sure. Like, what I, if that's whatever, what you want, that's great. Yeah, whatever <laughs> it, it's all, you know... If nobody's really getting hurt, I don't give a shit what yeah, exactly. you're looking at. Exactly. Um, but I mean, that's sort of the thing, right? Like, I, I mean, I, I guess the 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 classic uh, sort of psychological explanation is just that we want a safe space to experience unsafe things. Sure. You know, you you want a film, and I can get that in some ways. Like, but again, I have to go back to being a kid for it to actually sure. work. Like. Like being a kid going through a haunted house, yeah, at a carnival. Like I used to really like to do that, and it would genuinely scare the shit out of me. Sure. Like I was a, I was a kid who was who would get scared by things. Like yeah. it wasn't like, oh, I know it's all fake. Like, right. No, I'm walking through a dark room, and like I know it's safe. I yeah. paid money to get in here, right. but I'm still genuinely scared. But again, like not yeah. after I was a teenager. Like, sure, sure, so, sure. So, so, but then what? And maybe it, maybe this is just yet another version of, hey, Jim, some people are different than us. <laughs> and isn't that weird? It is that weird. other people have different interactions with things? But I, but I do just genuinely wonder, like, when people go to see horror movies or want to see horror movies, how many of those people are wanting to do it because it will actually because give them actually that, scary. like, haunted house feeling yeah. of, like, oh, what's going to happen? Oh, I don't know. Oh! But then they know that they'll get to leave at the end of it. Right? That, I mean, that's a good question. I I feel like I sort of missed out on... I feel like when I was a kid, I did not have that blood-brain barrier between between what was scary... Between the feeling of being scared in real life, and so... Which is why I didn't... I didn't... It wasn't... It was partially my decision to not watch horror things, but it was also partially my parents, because I would... I would just be freaked out and not go to sleep. You know what I mean? I would, like... Yeah. I would not, I didn't have that, like, that was a scary thing, but I'm in a safe space. I was just, like, mortified until something could make me forget what I was, you know what I mean? Like, it could put me yeah. in another emotional space. Um, so, so I just didn't for a long time. And I think that I, so I think I missed out on, maybe there would have been a precious moment in the middle where I would have toughened up just enough to to be like, I'm in a safe space, but I can really feel this terror. But I, I, 
I wasn't watching scary things at that point if I hit that point. And then I and then I made it to the point where I am now, which I feel like I've I still I think that I I bet if I knew how to like let my guard down, I bet if I went to therapy specifically for this, I could get to a place where I would be genuinely scared in in movies again. Because I think now I have built up a very intentional block, right? Where when I'm in a movie, I'm like I am in a safe space. Uh or if I'm, you know what I mean? I I like know very consciously and I remind myself consciously uh that I that I can't that, that no one they're not going to let me die, right? Uh yeah. it's just a it's just a movie or whatever, uh, a roller coaster or a or a haunted house or whatever it is. Um but I do feel like I mean I also in addition to not liking things that upset me, I also don't like it when things I don't like like jump scares. I find them unpleasant. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't yeah. there's like certain ways that the movies can like shock your system that I don't like. I like sort of I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> Which and I think a lot well, of people yeah, do mean, like, like a, that. I think a lot of people like it when something like pops around the corner and it's like boogity and you're like ah, uh, you know what I mean. Um, but for I me, I guess that's so. Yeah, and like nice. those can get me. Like sure. I'll you know because it is it's just it's a thing it, popping out of nowhere. There's quite there's quiet no time, one that doesn't time. get like, right. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> that's just a reflex. Yeah, <laughs> but it it's not. Uh, like maybe I get I, you know I guess if that was was really well integrated into some sort of sure i don't know suspense setup that i cared about yeah then it getting me would matter right <laughs> i don't know i'm still much more i mean i'm trying to think of the last times i was really sort of frightened by something yeah it might have been the first time i watched inferno by dario argento oh, okay that and movie it, is that, 100% tone yeah, and I mean that's the thing that gets me is tone, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, because it's not like I never don't know it's a movie, right? But also, how could you? <laughs> yeah, but but also like part of the joy of a film is giving myself over to it. Yeah, at least on some level, of course. And it's not like I think like oh these things are really I, I'm I'm never sitting there like oh no what's going to happen to this person or what's going to happen here. But if I'm actually vibing with it aesthetically. Yeah, and it goes into a tonal space that produces some sort of dread in me. I guess that's really what I would feel. It's like dread as opposed yeah. to fear. I don't yeah. fear that something's going to happen to me, but I do start to to feel that dread. And I do just remember um, that opening, or like the 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 first big set piece where the the woman is is diving down into the water. Oh yeah, and it's just so. It's not a tension setup. I'm not no. like waiting for the tension to be broken. It's just being there. <laughs> and just being in that tonal space is is I, that's the closest I come to being like scared by something. But sure. that that's something that I really enjoy being in. Yeah. Um, but it is it's like listening to uh it's like listening to some sort of uh like uh pulsating minor key yeah, yeah, exactly. Music, right, where it's like, oh, this is this is just making me feel something, regardless of any specific content. Yes, I'm just in this emotional space. Yeah, which is awesome. That's, I mean, yeah, I think that it should be a goal of art, right? Is to put you into some sort of emotional space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, that's a movie. That's a movie firing on all cil- all, all cylinders, right? You're not you're not necessarily like, oh no, the Wolfman's going to jump out from behind the radiator. <laughs> you're like yeah. you're like everything just feels weird right now 
Yeah, and when you can suffuse a feeling like that, like it's different than I mean, we were talking about jump scares, but there's there's non scare versions of that, right? Of yeah. that sort of um, <clears throat> uh, like reflex action sure. emotion, right? Like you, you know, I'll I'll cry at any dumb movie sure. that yeah. hits those like buttons. It's like here's sad things that sure. are happening, and people are emoting. I'm like, ah, but I don't actually care, right? Like, I'm not actually sad about it. It's just, you know, pressing those buttons in the right order to get that physical reaction, which people will hold up as like, well, you know, it made you feel something. It's like, not really. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're like, not anything with any depth to it. Yeah. It gave me literally, like, a literal knee-jerk reaction. You know? Yes. Like, somebody's testing my reflexes. Yeah. But I didn't... It wasn't something that I sat with that sort of carried me through and put me to a space where I had to actually feel feel about it right um you know maybe someday we'll talk about a movie that does that <laughs> but for right now <laughs> spook shows spook shows <laughs> i mean there are i don't know there are horror movies that do that right i don't know we'll talk about it we'll get there well there, there's horror movies that do that that aesthetic uh like i said that aesthetic suffusion but it's yeah but it's, it's all in service of this of this overall like dread yeah yeah right yeah. like i'm one of the things about horror is that every horror movie has that's really good has ultimately the same thing to say. Sure. Right? Like, you're doomed. Right. <laughs> and the, the, things are horrifying and you can't escape it. Yeah. You know, even even the dumbest horror movies are like the, the simplest ones. Like, that's why slashers always come back at the end, right? Like, right. part of it's a financial motivation. Obviously, they want to make sequels. But right. then part of it is just like the requirement of of the feeling of the genre like it yeah. can't be finished you can't like it's the right. difference between a thriller you, and a you horror don't movie beat a it. thriller can come to a happy ending <laughs> yeah a horror movie doesn't because you are in a world that is against you yeah yeah because you cannot win sorry yeah yeah so like the the really the best most atmospheric ones that like an argento or like kubrick shining sure um i don't know other that's ones it. That that's 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 to mind, but those, those are the 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 two that that just pop in immediately. You know, yeah, just yeah. that operate on on such a high tonal level. It does become the whole movie is just pointing you towards this dreaded, not even finished. Just at some point, it stops, and you're like, okay, yeah, I I was in that world, and that world was just that. Yeah, and if it's good, it probably stays with you for a while. You like leave the yeah. movie, and you're like, I still yeah. feel, I still feel bad. <laughs> uh. I just, um, I just typed King into IMDb, thinking it would tell me all of Stephen King's movies, which it obviously it was like, here's a bunch of movies about kings. <laughs> Why are you looking up Stephen King's movies? Uh, Colleen watched one that we didn't watch, and I saw part of it, and I wanted to mention it to you, but I can't remember what it was or what I wanted to say about it, so I thought... Was it from the from one of the later ones? It was definitely later era. I was because I feel like we actually, we definitely hit everything. We hit a, a ton. From the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Uh. That makes sense. Um, and then in the 90s, it starts to spin out of control. For yeah, us, that makes but. sense. It was one of the ones directed by that dude that he loves that I think is a is a dope. Mick Garris? Yeah. Was she watching The Stand? No. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get there. I still don't... I, mean, he, I, 
I looked him up again after this, after (laughs) she was watching it. And I was like, why does anyone care? But he like wrote Hocus Pocus and that's the only good thing he's ever done in his whole life. I don't, I don't get why people. Well, he directed that one bonkers King one. I'm trying to remember the name of it. What was it like? Oh, sleepwalkers. Skinwalkers. Sleepwalkers. Sleepwalkers, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking again right now. It's like sleepwalkers, trash, 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 trash. That's it. Riding the bullet. It's a Stephen King movie. Oh yeah, riding the bullet. That was on my long list of stuff. But then I, I think at a certain point I was like, well, we have enough Mick Garris. We've covered that. It's one of the most nothing movies I've ever seen. Well, it's also one of his crime stories, right? No, it's about. Oh no, it's a horror. It's about well, sort of. It's like about a kid who uh, his d- dad's dead and his mom is sick, and his friends are oh, he is like dating a girl, and she gets tickets to go see John Lennon play, and he's going to go to see John Lennon, and then he finds out his mom's sick, so he hitchhikes to go see, see his mom. But along the way, everyone who picks him up is like maybe actually dead, and then one of them is David Arquette, and David Arquette's like, "I'm a ghost from the beyond. I'm here to take you to death." You have to pick who's going to die, you or your mother. And he's like, uh, I don't know, my mom. And then his mom dies. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's the whole story. But it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's 90% of the movie is just a kid hitchhiking and getting in four cars and then getting out of, uh, and then walking into a hospital. And you're like, none of this. And, and I don't know. I don't know. It made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have the uh, the stand that Garris did, the TV miniseries that everybody loves. Yeah, um, I haven't watched it. It just came in the like cheapo box set that I got uh, yeah. that had um, uh, night shift in it. Yeah, okay. Or graveyard trip, graveyard. Yeah, shift. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, well, I gotta have that. So, um, but I it every time I think of the stand, there's only one thing I ever think about anymore, uh, and it's so in in the. Uh, in the stand, I guess the disease that kills a whole bunch of people, like the plague that gets released, is okay. called Captain Trips. Captain Trips. Yeah, like that's the name of the the virus or the plague or whatever it is. Okay. But I didn't know that because I never read the stand and I never watched the stand. Sure. And I was uh, working in a comic book store at one point when uh, Marvel was putting out a whole bunch of comics based on the stand okay it was like stephen king's the stand this stephen king's the stand that and they were like delving into all the different parts of all the different characters and i was just reading the invoice as something came in and i just looked at a book that from my vantage point was called the stand captain trips (laughs) that's so good that's a that that forward sentence has three-act structure the dude's the uh, captain of standing <laughs> a number uh, one at standing ah uh, but he tripped uh, that's really beautiful yeah I, it's I, I think of it a lot captain um, trip that sounds like a brand name right? I mean whatever I don't, who am I, I mean, to question again, Stephen I'm not going to read the book but, probably yeah. so, but <laughs> I'm not going to find out why it's called captain trips but it is the stand captain <laughs> um well, I have no idea if we said enough for an episode. We probably Who knows? Did. We talked long enough. Yeah, we said. Um, yeah, we pull things out of that. Um, Sorry, I know there's other stuff I wanted. To, what? I was just apologizing for oh, you having to to, to the audience. Uh, no, sorry. To you. Sorry. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to. That. They came here by their own choice, Jason. Well, some of them. Um, 
<laughs> we don't talk about the others. Yeah. No, I'm sorry to them. I'm sorry to the audience. I, I love the That's audience. Fair. I'm sorry to them. I'm sorry to, to Craig and Brett. Um, That's true. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry to, to the whole Split Tooth crowd. Every, yeah, everyone else uh, on Split Tooth Media. Sorry I'm to sorry you. To- I'm sorry to me. I'm sorry to my family. I'm sorry to the Institute of Podcasting. Doing this, yeah. I'm sorry to Mick Garris. Like, I'm you're not. probably really nice. I Like, your podcast seems nice, and everybody seems to like you. I'm sorry that we hate your work. <laughs> um, I'm sorry to... Yeah, I'm just sorry. In general. Yeah. I love, I love you all. I love most of you. Uh, now we got to figure out who it is that I love that you don't. That makes me a terrible person. <laughs> uh, Pol Pot. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You got the Tommy Egg Blues, the Tommy Egg Blues, the Tommy Egg Blues. You got the Tommy Egg Blues from eating all the candy you did. Oh, you. Synesthesia is produced by Iguana Donald Studios and distributed by Split Tooth Media. Featuring music by The Cocktails, courtesy of Tight Ship Records. Theme music by Soft Healer. Synesthesia is recorded in front of two brothers. One always tells the truth, one always tells a lot. It gets old fast, let me tell you. Those dicks. The look on your face is telling the news. You've got the Tommy Egg Blues from eating all the candy you did. From eating all the candy you did. If anyone listens to this, shame on you. Synesthesia.